Welcome to the CineScare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And, of course, as always, joining us once again, all the way from Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, Illinois is Mark Illinois. Illinois is Mark Piscati. Thanks for having me on, and I'm happy to talk about horror films. <laughs> Are you doing your N- NPR voice, Mark? <laughs> you guys, you guys, you gave you gave me shit last episode about doing the languages. And no, no, I thought that was wonderful. And actually, uh, and then it wasn't until after the show I realized what you were doing, and that was because we found out that. That we actually have a sizable audience in Brussels or yeah. Belgium, right? Belgium. Belgium. Yeah. yeah, Belgium, uh, which is very bizarre. I don't know if there's any other European countries that, but we have a we have we have a not zero audience in Belgium. <laughs> we couldn't yeah. have said that a year ago. No. No, we couldn't have. In fact, I don't know. A year ago, we might not have been able to say it anywhere. I believe we are at our one-year mark, aren't we, Joe? We are at, this is episode 26, and uh, every two weeks we've recorded an episode without falter, so uh, that's you know 52 what? episodes. Actually, but it's, it's, we're not, I think the first episode... It's not episode, the one-year anniversary yet. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first episode was October 5th, if I'm not mistaken, so we still have a couple weeks left. Yeah, we got, yeah. So, so are you guys going to, um, when you hit your one-year mark, are you guys going to go to season two and then episode one, or are you going to keep on continuing? No. Boy, I, 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 no, I had read no. about that. I had read about that, and they said, unless there's a, a thematic reason to do more, this is not anything anybody wants to hear, but unless there's a thematic reason to change to season two, just keep adding, just keep going with the camera. well now that's interesting maybe we do change up the format and CineScare season two is the comedy horror podcast <laughs> where we just talk about comedies for like a year and then the year after that we'll go to like french films you know we'll just we'll hit the whole gamut uh, there will be blood <laughs> uh that can, then what, what do we change the name to cine comedy sure cine comedy <laughs> yeah. it sounds like a cereal yeah Sci-fi uh, scare. Well, I I do want to say also uh, that. Well, now I don't remember what I was going to say, so never mind. But it's insignificant. It is insignificant. <laughs> but I do want to get into what we've been watching recently because we want to dive into our theme this week, which is of course Psycho. But Psycho. first, there is at least one movie that we all watched, and that was Malignant. Right. Yes. Uh, so what did the- you get? I watched it twice, actually. Did you really? Oh, you liked it that? Yeah. I I watched no, it. I didn't like it that much. I just watched it twice. No. Oh. Why did you choose to watch it <laughs> twice if you didn't like it? That I, much? I watched it once on my own, and then my family were like, "Oh, look, there's a new movie on HBO Max." And I'm like, "All right, go ahead, put it on." And I just sat there quietly and rewatched it. And I I will say it was kind of interesting watching it the second time, knowing what happens. Yeah. Uh, looking for flaws, if you will. But well, I watched it the first time, and it was really late at night. And normally on here, I make fun of my wife for making for falling asleep, falling asleep during movies. But this time, I was dozing off towards the end because it was it was getting late, and it had been a long day. Our son had played a football game that day. It was Friday, 
And so it it was just really late. And uh, so I fell asleep the last probably 20 minutes. I kept dozing off. So the next morning I watched probably the last third of the movie again. Uh, and I, I'm glad I did because I had a much greater appreciation for it. I, I, it was hard for me to get an appreciation when you're dozing off and, you know, some scenes are the actual scene of the movie and other scenes, Fozzie Bear is in there, you know, so it's, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's a completely different movie when you're dreaming part of it, but (laughs) when you take out the Muppets entirely, it's a different, yeah, totally different film. This is way different than what I dreamed (laughs) than what I watched last night, but I liked it. I thought it was, uh, I, I didn't love it, but I thought it was, let's synopsize. Okay, go ahead. For our listeners, yeah. So uh, this is a James Wu? Wan. 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 James Wan, yeah. James Wan film. Uh, It is a film called Malignant. just came out in theaters and on HBO Max. Uh, It's kind of a murder mystery. Uh, This woman is being terrorized by some sort of entity, if you will. Uh, with her, uh, started off, her, her husband was being, uh, threatened by this entity as well. And then various other people in her life are also being threatened and killed by this entity. And the cops are involved. Uh, it's sort of a whodunit and, uh, uh laughter of course ensues and lots of blood, lots of gore. And I can't tell you any more than that because I'm afraid I will give away the hidden meaning of uh of who our entity is but it's it's a thriller uh many would say this is a giallo uh type homage of a film and mm-hmm. uh it was i don't know it was okay i liked it yeah it I, thought it, I thought it was definitely a little giallo a little cronenberg even uh yeah that you know it sort of had a mixture of both of those things i didn't think it did either of them that well but it was it was it was interesting and i definitely thought the third act went bonkers in a really good way like i really enjoyed it mark what did you think yeah well it's it, it's a self-aware uh horror flick with a hell of a third act i mean i mean 24 uh minutes into this film um james wan did this great uh, uh with this shot of the camera, like up above the house, you guys remember? I did love that. Yeah, it, that was a tremendous a, amount of cinematography. What a beautiful shot of, yeah. of her just walking through her own house, and you can see um, the different levels of the house and her walking up the stairs. And I was going, yeah. oh, I really hope they incorporate um, this again. And they unfortunately they didn't. Um, but uh, what an incredible. Uh, uh, third act this was um i i was actually just like you guys i i was a little bored i'm going what the hell am i watching what the hell am i watching it had a an 80s 90s uh feel to this in in my opinion mm-hmm. um and i was i mean of course i i was involved throughout the whole movie and but i was going i mean i'm not going to check out i mean i know that you guys watched the movie and I heard a little bit of your opinions. So I waited, and then the third act happened, and we're in a prison or a, a jail cell. And my mouth went ear to ear with a grin. And I started giggling. I started laughing. And what a reveal. What a reveal. And I was going, the, the first two halves of the movie was 
okay. It was okay. The first two halves would be the entire film. Entire film. Okay. Yes. Well, the first half of the film was okay, but when we get to the third act, the third act was yeah. fantastic, and I was having a blast. I was having a blast. I really enjoyed the first two fifths of the film. <laughs> God, uh, the third fifth was slightly askew, and of course, the fifth fifth uh, with almost Wanda Sykes in this film, uh, I was not a fan of. Yeah, yeah, I like the you, first Joe. half. The second half was good. The third half was great. <laughs> you don't want to miss. Well, that we third can't half. talk about it. We can't talk about it. And that's, it but we it can do me. simple math. Well, I can't do math. You guys know that. We should get but, the pizza pie chart out for him. <laughs> I maybe, maybe instead of a pizza pie, we do the Cinescare logo. You know, the saw blade thing. Oh, we that show would work. What, we show him what halves work. are. Yeah, yeah, and then he could do three blades and a third. Yeah, yeah. Can can I just say one line out of the film? It, it's yeah. not a spoiler, but when. Someone says, we need backup, send the National Fucking Guard. And I think you guys know where that happened. I started busting out laughing. I, I, what a great scene. It, in the police station? Was that uttered by almost Wanda Sykes? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, the, it had a lot of really cool little things in it. It definitely leaned into the campiness at times, but not a, a, almost not enough for it to be as campy as I wanted it to be. You know, it was still, it almost, I don't know, it, it sort of walked a fine line between playing into the campiness and taking itself fairly seriously, and I didn't think that worked all the time. It, it, so it was almost like they were like, we can't have this be too of a kitschy kind of film because we want it to be a big blockbuster, not an art house film. And so I felt like they were kind of, I bet, and I could be wrong, but I bet there was a bit of a tug of war between Juan and the production company or whatever on, on the tone of the film. I could be wrong. Maybe he was all on board on that and just wanted a touch of campiness, but a little more, I think it would have, it would have uh, suited it. Is it time for trivia? No. <laughs> oh God. So I think we can all say, can we say that? Can we? Can, <laughs> can we? Can we say that this film is Cinescare certified? Yes. Uh, no. I, no. You don't think so? No? I, I, I mean, you're not giving it thumbs up. Yeah. I, all right. Fine. It's, I'll give it a thumbs up. Well, no, I, mean, I didn't. No. I didn't no. Hate no. It. No. I, I feel like we're pressuring Joe. Well, no, what I'm saying is, do we have a higher standard for Cinescare certified than just the three of us liking a movie? Does it also have to be something we really liked or loved or something like that? I, I would think it should be something we really liked or really loved. Um, I'm just kind of tepid about this one. Yeah, me fine. too. Me too. Yeah. yeah, I guess I was too. I mean, I, I think we can all recommend this, but I don't know that I'd say it was certified. And I do know that there's mixed opinions about this film out there if you if you've been will, online and i will say this for the uh consideration of editing the ending is really over melodramatic yes yeah yes yeah. very good yes Sick, sickeningly melodramatic it, yeah i would say it was too yeah and yeah. that's why I'm saying if it had been it that might have landed a little better if it had been a little campier up to that point. But 
Yes, yes. Yeah, I kind of feel like there's two uh, scenes that I'm just overjoyed about. Doesn't really... I'm... It it doesn't make the whole film. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Joe. You're right. It's it's just two scenes. I mean, I oh, three I know, scenes, three scenes. I know a lot of people were really blown away by the ending and the mm-hmm. last act and the reveal and everything. I I just I felt like it barely earned that reveal. You know, but I don't know. It I I didn't have a strong opinion about the movie when I went back and watched the last act again. After, you know, when I was awake, I did have a better appreciation for it. And I liked the ending and how they did all of that and the reveal and what came after I enjoyed. But, yeah, the ending got a bit much. Okay, let me ask you this. After seeing this movie, did you want to go run and tell other people you got to go see this film? Yes. Okay. So Matt said no. I I wouldn't go run around and tell people they had to go see this film. That's why I'm saying it's not Cinescare certified. I, there are certain people I would tell, but generally people who aren't like major horror fans or big uh, Giallo fans or whatever, okay. yeah. I probably wouldn't. I probably would recommend it to those people. I probably wouldn't recommend it to people who aren't that into Giallos or aren't major horror fans. You know, I would. I would just tell Mark to go see it. Well, it's it's just such a good idea it's such a great idea and how they executed it at the end was so fun and it was so i agree with that yeah it it was original and it was just a 90s kind of it was so much fun it it was just there was no build-up and that's the problem well you know and then that's what it really comes down to for me also is that it was original Right. Yeah. Like we, you know, we're not seeing anything else like this right now. You see a lot of remakes or reboots or, or, or things that you've kind of seen before. This was something I haven't seen a major release like this in a long time. It's always been right lately or the last ten years. It's been a twenty-four art house films or reboots or hauntings. And you haven't seen anything that really tries something very different. And I like that. I, I do tip my head off to that. So if you are, I think if you're a big horror fan, you've got to see this. I mean, you probably already have if you're a big horror fan. But it is one that you definitely need to see. If you're not, you, you might not appreciate it. Okay, well, that is, uh, that's the, well, it was an actually a long segment of movies we've seen recently. But it turned it was all about one movie. <laughs> it'll it'll get shorter. Yeah. Well, you know what though? Oh yeah, that's true. It'll get a little shorter. Uh, but I will say, the fact that we talked about it this much does say something. Yeah, it does say something. So, but our theme this week. Wait, wait, wait. What? And that that was malignant. Oh, that was malignant. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Yes. Malignant. We we it was. Uh, brought to our attention that we should say the names of the movies that we've talked about, um, and maybe, and maybe end, play a trailer or hey, that would be sound bites. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we should at least bookend every movie. Yeah, so so yeah. That, that people know, and it had been mentioned a couple times that uh, when we talk about a movie, sometimes we don't mention the title again, and they're like, "What was this?" and they got to rewind. So we're trying to say the name of the movies after we have uh, talked about them. So and, we're listening and, to you. And speaking of which, I uh, challenge anyone out there that's listening to our podcast, try listening to it at half speed. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 
how do you do we, that? We, we sound it's, drunk. On yeah, on your like Apple uh, podcast playback, you can do you can do like one and a half times speed, you can do two times speed, but half speed, we sound so drunk on this podcast, it's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I gotta option, I gotta try that. That option is readily available. It says right there one times, yeah. and if you click it, it says one point <laughs> five times, two times, or or negative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I have the laughter. I have the mentality of like a four-year-old boy. This <laughs> is hilarious. Yeah. What do I sound funny. like? We all God. sound like we're really drunk. Yeah. Bad. God. Yeah, it's funny. Well, that now we can begin the the theme. I I'm thinking that as you you know because I know you like to play the theme, Joe. So I'm going to leave this up to you. But I'm just my thought on it is that you would do. Not the ring, 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 no, you know, no, shower no. music, but the... The driving, the, the driving, driving music. music. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. yeah. Or, it's not really that, but it's something like that. That sounds more like Wizard of Oz. Or you could do, like, High Anxiety <laughs> with Mel Brooks. Here's your paper! Here's your paper! <laughs> were, were we supposed to watch that? <laughs> I don't think so. We could do the cab scene with, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Paul Sorvino. Uh, <laughs> 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 You guys okay. aren't you guys aren't allowed to talk about that until you watch the stuff. Okay, we're gonna watch the stuff. You, yeah, yeah, right. Or Shocktober. So, <laughs> in Shocktober. Hey, I gotta fill thirty one days, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, so this week our theme is the classic Psycho and its subsequent franchise that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is probably the longest gap between a number one movie and number two movie of any franchise I can think of. I can't think of a sequel that came out... uh, 23 years. 23 years later, right? Yeah. 22 years later. 22 years? Well, 1960 was the original. When did... did, 1983. 1983. 23 years later. That's that's 23. (laughs) (laughs) But they say 22 years... Well, no, they say 22 years later in Psycho 2. Oh, they do? Well, it's set, maybe? I guess. I don't know. The movie, I don't, I, 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 I don't, I don't know. know if IMDb is 1960, 1983, simple math, that's 23 years. Yeah, okay, well, maybe, in the movie, maybe in, I'm wrong. in Psycho 2, they say 22 years all the time. Maybe I did the math wrong. Uh, <laughs> it could be. Fractions and, and uh, years. But... Uh, <laughs> Mark is muted, cursing at himself right now. Okay. It's okay, Mark. Don't worry about it. We're fine. We're fine. This is what adds a little something. Little, it's, you are like the little pumpkin spice in my coffee right now, Mark. You really are. You add the little extra flavor that makes it. You're not allowed to have pumpkin spice until October 1st. And um, I, it, I, 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 I refuse to go by that rule. And for, a, I've never heard of that rule. And B, I refuse that is to a rule. That is a rule. No, October 1st. Not to mention, yeah, September 1st starts fall, according to yeah. Matt's calendar. Yeah. So, oh, I, yeah. God. And, and they're all releasing it at September. You, you're out of your mind. No, yeah, you're I'm already buying. Mind, but okay. I'm already buying Christmas ornaments. <laughs> Joe starts Christmas. <laughs> Joe. Okay. So, obviously, the first movie, a, an absolute classic of film, right? One of the one of the great films, not just of horror, but of any genre, and one of the great film directors of all time, Alfred Hitchcock, making a horror movie because he wanted, in part, to show 
what it would be like if a good director made a horror movie. Because by this time, if you recall, the the context is that that horror movies were B matinee movies, right? They were shown in the day. They were mostly geared toward teenagers, teenage boys, he, yeah. yeah, teenage boys, and they were the domain of monsters and horrible special effects and zero budget and all of the directors that were hadn't quite made it or were past their prime. Or Ed whatnot. Wood. Ed Wood. And, and so here come, comes along Alfred Hitchcock, a revered director, a highly respected director, one who had already made a huge career for himself, for himself and had just released North by Northwest, which was considered one of the breakthrough action films of the history of cinema, and at the time was a massive success for him. You'd think that he'd want to jump on the next, you know, train and 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 of a similar nature and do that again. Instead, he makes a complete about face and takes on a subject matter that is one that people weren't comfortable with yet. Uh, murder. I mean, they there had been movies about murder, but actually showing it, a, it almost. The you know kind of a precursor to the slasher film. Uh, Norman Bates is is the great grandfather of Michael and Jason and Freddy and and all of the eighties uh, horror villains that we we all have come to love and and uh, talk about. You you could say he's the great grandfather and great grandmother. <laughs> oh Joe, Joey, 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 you know, that guy, that Joe. Joe. I shake my fist at him. <laughs> Uh, and there are some things in this film that even today I'm like, I'm shocked by that. I mean, not necessarily, yeah, we see more brutal and more, but thinking in, in context of 1960, the whole shower scene is, is, is pretty shocking, you know, and you, and, and this is stuff that they would, I mean, they didn't even have people who were married in TV shows sleeping in the same bed at this time. Right. They they either had separate beds or somebody had to have their foot out of the bed or whatever, whatever those crazy rules were they had back then. And here comes along a movie where not only do they have this shower murder scene that is, you know, looks like a naked woman in the in the shower uh, and a knife going in that looks like it's stabbing into her and knife, you know, stabbing sounds and blood. But it opens on an affair. Right, it opens on two unmarried people having an affair in a sleazy uh, motel room, and uh, a woman in her bra and slip. I mean, these are things that uh, it's it's amazing they it got passed by or that was allowed. We get a toilet. We get a toilet in this movie, and it's the first time in cinema history we actually see a toilet being flushed. Right. Yeah. 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 Joe, what did you think? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a really nice toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean... Um, no, it's true, though. I agree. It, it's but, true, but, but I, gotta, I, I didn't mean to put it in there like that, because it, it, it totally stunned Matt. He's like, okay, there we go. Well, yeah, no, that it, was it did, it the nicest toilet I've seen on film in 1960. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't stun me, but one of the trivia questions I've got has to do with that. So with the little trivia tidbits, try to uh, streamline those because I, I do have a trivia 
quiz for you guys at the end. So I, I know you've done your, I know Mark is right now about to pass out because he's probably done more research for this movie than any other, but, but be careful because I do have a quiz coming. Got it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. Uh, anyway, so what, 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 any thoughts that you guys have on this? Mark, uh, I, I, I would like to say that I, Anthony Perkins does a fantastic job in this film. He's a very likable, lovable. Yeah. Uh, you, you start to feel sorry for him. You almost feel like he was, you know, picked on in school. He's clearly a mama's boy. Uh, and, and I don't mean that as a joke, but he just, you know, he, he it's very socially awkward. Uh, I especially love just how endearing it is. Like when he's trying to show Janet Lee, uh, the bedroom, you know, or the amenities that they have in this motel for the first time, he's, he's motions to the bathroom is like, and then, you know, there's that, right. He doesn't even want to say the word bathroom to this woman that he's clearly infatuated with. Um, he he did a tremendous job portraying himself as the most likable guy, the last person on earth you would ever think of that would just snap. Right, and it was it was so natural too. Like it it felt it felt like it 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 was him. You know, it it, right. it, it didn't feel like he was putting it on. I'll contrast that with the remake, the shot for shot remake with with Vince Vaughn and. I I didn't believe Vince Vaughn in those little moments. For one thing, those little moments we've all seen him a million times. It would really be hard to portray that. But but Vince Vaughn is playing against his type in this film, especially yeah, right. at that moment. Vince Vaughn, there was nobody hotter than Vince Vaughn at that moment because Swingers had come out. Yeah. I don't know if he had already done the Jurassic Park one yet or not. No, but he was no. he was he was a hot commodity at that moment. Swingers was all over the place, and and. But he's a cool guy, and and yeah, and Norman Bates is not a cool guy. He's 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 awkward, like you said, and he's not you know he he's not a ladies' man at all. Vince Vaughn is naturally a ladies' man. He's naturally a talker, naturally a social guy. He has to play against type to do it, and I didn't think he was successful. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, go ahead, Joe. I, I was gonna say it was like putting Tom Cruise in that position or right. Brad Pitt, you know, they couldn't pull it off. Yeah, no. And, and, or you'd feel they were acting, you know right. what I mean? You'd feel them acting and then you'd be aware of that the whole time. And you'd think, wow, this is a really great job of acting from him. But the moment you think that you're kind of taken out of the story, you should, I mean, it's okay right. to think that once in a while, but, but to be thinking the whole time, I, I found myself just thinking of Vince Vaughn the whole time. Like, wow, this is a really hard part for him to play. And that that's not good. Like, And I, I kind of felt like, I know we're getting on to the reboot here, but it's kind of hard no, to talk fine. about one without the other on this on these two. Yeah. Um, but I felt like Viggo Morton, uh, Mort, what's his last name? Viggo Mortensen. 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 Uh, he, I felt like if they had switched parts, it would have made more sense that, that if Vince Vaughn was the, had been Anne Heche's lover... And Viggo Mortensen, he's a he has much more br uh, breadth as an actor. I think he could have played that creepiness in a different way from uh, from the way Anthony Perkins did it. I felt like Vince Vaughn was trying to do what Anthony Perkins did. He was trying to play the part in a similar way. I think Viggo 
probably would have been just as awkward, but in a more e- Vigo kind of way, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it, it when I'm thinking about, um, I mean, I mean, let's let's talk about the remake because it's the worst out of the whole franchise. But um, uh, oh, I'm I don't sh- know about I that. I don't know about yeah. that. But <laughs> go ahead. Well, no, Matt, you said that the remake was oh. worse. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. No, I, I d- yeah. Okay. Well, well. Anyways, um, with Vince Vaughn, um, I mean, he was pretty much fresh off his swingers, and then he's um gets casted into a Psycho with Gus Van Sant, who's a pretty uh, well-known director for his art films and whatnot. Um, what what I did is with this franchise, I didn't watch it backwards like Joe. But I don't know if Joe did for this franchise. I don't think he did for this one, right? No, I didn't. No. no. So so what I did is is I started with uh, Psycho 2, Psycho 3, Psycho 4, and then I watched the remake, and then I watched um, the original. And watching the remake, I was actually kind of enjoying it. I was like, Anne Heche is actually okay. No, she's no Janet Lee. She's no Janet Lee, But she's okay in this film. I agree with you, Mark. I liked her in this. Yeah. And I, and I never really thought much about Anne Heche, but I really liked her in this. Yeah. Uh, Julian Moore did not like... Uh, I, she was too abrasive in this. And... Um, kind of uh butchy uh let me get my walkman uh, uh line was way out of like uh, like left field and i'm like uh but um yeah the the remake is just it is what it is it didn't need to be done there were rumors that gus van sant said this was my chance to not make remakes for films uh, because he kind of did his shot for shot. It's not shot for shot, but it's pretty close. It's close, and, yeah. Yeah. And then and he added in some shots of like a a goat running down the road yeah. or something like that, and yeah, and a couple other things that came out. It almost seemed like he was trying to do a natural born killers kind of thing or something. Like it, <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? Like he interspersed some some footage that didn't make sense and it didn't. Even at the end, there were like butterflies or something like flying, and uh, when he's trying to stab, and there was like just some white flashes when it was happening. I also don't remember hearing Norman Bates yanking his pud while he was watching Janet Lee. Yes, yes. That I was like, really? Did we? Did you know? Did it need to go there? Subtly, just insinuate it. And I don't have to hear the sound effects, but maybe I'm just a stuck-up prude. Uh, Rita no, Wilson no, was fantastic not. in this, and so was Flea. <laughs> I, that's all I have to say. Oh, that's right. Flea was in it. Who was who Flea? Flea at the, the hardware store. He was the clerk that actually yeah. works at the hardware store. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because he was a huge fan, because Flea is a huge yep. fan of Psycho, and he begged to be in this movie. Uh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I... You know, Gus Van Zant had it was just coming off of Goodwill Hunting, if I'm not mistaken, when he did this. And it was right out, right off after uh, uh, Goodwill Hunting, so he was hot off the presses. Yeah, yeah he was. He had just, it, you know, I don't know if he had won an Academy Award, but but that movie won. A no, couple he of, didn't. Yeah, he didn't. I, it won for best screenplay, Ben Affleck and and Matt Damon, and and then. Robin Williams. Robin Williams won his Academy Award on it. And yeah. so Gus Van Zandt could do whatever he wanted to do at that moment, and he chose to do this. And I, 
I don't think it was a necessary film at all, and I don't think it really added anything to I I I don't know. I I kind of go back and forth because I know it's easy to get down on remakes and and reboots or whatever, but when you're in theater, we never think twice about redoing a play that was done before, right? And so, or going on Broadway and seeing Les Mis for the sixth time and a different cast playing those parts. So, but for some reason, we we tend to be a little more judgmental when it comes to film. Uh, I, I know they're different mediums and there's a reason for that. But at the same time, I, I don't necessarily think it was a horrible idea. I just didn't think it was executed all that well. And and it, and then so in the end, it was like, well, that wasn't necessary. They didn't need to do that. And if it had been done well, we might have thought differently. But I feel like I feel like we had to purge <laughs> the the remake. Uh, yeah, because we, we jumped right on that. Uh so yeah. I, I feel like we had to purge. So let's get back to Psycho, right? Well, I mean, the, part of the reason we jumped onto the remake is that, that, I mean, everything that could be said about Psycho has been said. That shower scene is iconic. Uh, you know, the performances were in, incredible. What what else do you have about the original? Well, I, I have some things to say. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, Psycho is uh, my favorite Hitchcock film. Uh, what I and this love was we always take turns uh, for those of you out there. We always take turns deciding what the theme is going to be for our next movie. Uh, and this one was Mark's choice. Yeah. 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 My mom got me hooked on uh, on Hitchcock. Uh, she's a pretty big fan of Hitchcock. But yeah, and you like... have you have a pretty incredible collection of Hitchcock, too, by I... the way. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, thanks to uh, uh, my mom. It's it's uh, it's my collection. It's my mom's collection, and um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty proud of it. Um, yeah, but what I love about this movie is that um, the empathy that I have for Norman Bates uh, is that, uh, and that has to be because of the brilliance of Anthony Perkins, like Joe said. Uh, uh, of his acting in this movie. Of course, Hitchcock had plenty to do with this, but honestly, I don't think I would have fallen in love with this movie so much if it wasn't for Anthony Perkins. I mean, the charisma that oozes out of Perkins is mesmerizing. Uh, I love watching Anthony's face with all his little slight tics, all the slight smiles, his fidgeting with his hands. Um, he's so fun to watch. I mean, Janet Lee, of course, is stunning. Uh, she captivates you. And I, I could just watch her drive in, in a car uh, in black and white for about 24 hours straight and not get bored. No, she's that stunning. Um, but when you think of Psycho, you just think of Psycho and not Psycho as a franchise. And, um, you know, they have five movies. I mean, that's like nobody really thinks of Psycho as a franchise. And, and with five movies, I mean, that's like Friday 13th is, you know, all the way to part five, A New Beginning. And that's a lot of movies. Quiet, Joe. I know. I know you're thinking of something. I know. I know you're coming up with a punchline. Easy. I just realized what I just said. Uh, but I mean, that's Thank a lot work. of movies. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, that's a lot of part, nobody. I think part five talk is played about. by uh, part five is actually Roy. Roy is actually the ambulance driver. So, Roy. Yes. yes. So. But um, what, I mean, what, what a franchise it is. I mean, it has uh, two. Uh, it, it, it has a, a TV series. What? 
Five. Five, five films. Yeah. Five films. Uh, it has a, a TV series. Uh, one uh, was a, a pilot in 1987. Completely failed. You guys are laughing at me. There's one um, that was a successful uh, TV show called Bates Motel. They're both called Bates Motel. Uh, but the successful one was in 2013 and 2017. I have to say I really like the TV show. As did I. I watched yeah. the first six episodes, and I'm enjoying it very much so. Yeah, it gets, it, I, th- I think it gets better as it goes, and, and the last season is, I thought, fantastic. Uh, Matt, just so you know, um, I watched uh, the failed uh, co-pilot in 1987, and, and I have to say it's a little bit of cross between a David Lynch and Alfred Hitchcock. And it's only one episode, so really, who, yeah. who's, who's anybody in it that we would know? No, oh. no, no. So, so anyway, where was that's... where was the this failed pilot? Where was it available? I think it. Was... I believe he said it was a co-pilot. Oh, I did say co-pilot. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pilot. Damn it! Thanks, Joe. Yeah. Okay. So. It, you're welcome. You're welcome, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, the the that one uh, lost its pilot's license. So, <laughs> sort of layup. Uh, what what what's your favorite scene besides the shower scene in Psycho, guys? Probably for me, I or would the say reveal. the reveal. Well, yeah, I I really liked two scenes. Especially, I mean, there's so many, but I really liked the. The scene, of course, where they're eating in the parlor and that whole conversation. Mm. I thought it mm. just it flowed so naturally. Again, I have to contrast it with the remake that I don't feel that conversation flowed naturally. And and I felt like like Norman's anger, Anthony Perkins, Norman's anger g- grew and his dis- discomfort with the conversation grew more naturally and organically to to the point where he got to that oh so you know what what's that line where he's talking about they and they're oh so judgmental or something like that but the but the remake i felt like that conversation just didn't go anywhere it it kind of uh it it kind of just came from nowhere and norman's anger vince vaughn's anger seemed to just come from nowhere okay so let's uh move let's transition over to Part two, because we are really starting to run out of time here uh, before our <laughs> trivia. But uh, we let, let's talk a little bit about part two because and and let's kind of squeeze two, three, and four together, maybe if you want. But it's gonna I be really, pretty easy. I yeah. think two is the one that everyone has said. Yes, this is a really good sequel. They do a great job. And when I saw it, I really loved it. I thought. Man, if you're going to do a sequel to this classic film 23 years later, that's kind of the way to do it. And then I think it was a year or two later, they came out with part three. And when I saw that, I did not like it in the theater and I have not revisited it. I did not revisit it until just this last week. And I really liked part three. I know Joe didn't care for it, but having revisited it, I I kind of appreciated it almost as much as part two. I, I really thought there's kind of a sleazy quality to it. Yeah. But I liked that. I kind of enjoyed that a little bit. I, I thought the, the story doesn't completely work. No, with the, 
the daughter and the sister or whatever of, of Janet Lee, you know, taking it upon themselves to try to drive him crazy or whatever. And then, and then you've also got this other subplot in part two, right. With the mom doing stuff. So they, they both sort of had like this extra Norman killing going on in both of those movies that I, th- I thought was interesting. And I, I, I gotta say, I was, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I was kind of, uh, entertained by part three and the first time i saw it i didn't care for it i i kind of felt like that whole character of duke and his whatever the the girl that he had in the room and his whole date rapey thing that he had going on i i just didn't you know it, it turned me off and i think i really it made me angry and so i, I didn't give it a much enough of a chance but this time i enjoyed it joe i i think the reason why three doesn't work nearly as good as two is because three doesn't have anywhere near enough Robert Loja and Dennis France. Cause <laughs> yeah. I, I, I expect all of my movies, if I'm going to like them, they got to have some Dennis Franz and, and Robert Loja on it. Or, oh yeah. You know, it just doesn't work. Sweaty Franz, baby. Rob, uh, Robert, Robert was so normal in part two though. He was so like normal. He was just like I casual love Robert doctor. Loja. He's great, especially yeah, when he, he starts he is. yelling and screaming, all right. But it's it, uh We in fact we've been watching because uh, my wife had never watched uh The Sopranos, so we've been watching that and Robert yeah. Loggia is in a couple seasons or yep. one season and he's We're watching so it, yeah. bad and like, so nasty. Not yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, no, I lo- I for as much as I give him crap, I do love Dennis Franz's portrayal of uh, Warren Toomey. I yeah. mean, he's he's the catalyst for all this stuff. He's, oh, yeah. You know, and he's just allowing this motel to just turn into the world's most seediest underbelly, you know, and he'll give rooms to anybody and allows yeah. local high school kids to sneak into Norman's basement and fool around while he's in prison. Right. Well, and so, by the 80s, that would have been happening. You know what I mean? It, oh, it sure. It makes sense. It, you couldn't yeah. have it be just the way things were in this in 1960. Culture had changed. Life had changed. And any hotel on the outskirts of town on a, you know, a highway like that was going to be cheap, you know, stay motels rented by the hour. So it made sense that they did it that way. I, I thought it was I, – I, I liked I – liked, both of them. Matt, if I could give you an assignment for the next time we record, I mean, we already know you do a phenomenal uh, Sean Connery. If you could work on a Robert Lozier for, Lozier for us, that would be <laughs> tremendous. I will work on that. If you could just start calling me a bum in Robert Lozier voice, uh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> you goddamn bum! <laughs> yeah, that's good, Mark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, That'll work. Wait, and wait, then... Wait. What? What, do, what did you think of uh, uh, Anthony per- Perkins' uh, performance in Psycho 2? I thought that some of his line deliveries were a little cheesy, like toasted cheesy, like what he likes to eat and what he likes to smell. I don't know. It, they, it seemed like it was a little uh, hammy. There was some times where he was speaking so quickly without yeah. uh, tonality and fluctuation. It was almost like it was English as a second language class. It's like yeah. he just remembered vowels and... Uh, threw them up out of his mouth like quickly and well and and norman kind of has a his norman has a cadence to the way he speaks and talks like mm-hmm. you know and he has a certain cadence and 
And it, there's a little bit of that went a long way in part two. I felt like he got caught up in that cadence of Norman and it, and it just, it seemed like very repetitive in the way he spoke. And I, 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 yeah, totally. I think he, it was almost like he rushed through his lines in, in certain parts. I feel like when, uh, I, I believe when Duke came or no, not Duke. Cause we're talking about part two, right? Part yeah, two. No, yeah. Part two. Warren Toomey. Yeah, I think Toomey. maybe, yeah, when he came in, I know he was in the office is when it struck me. He was talking to somebody in the office and his lines, he was, it seemed like he was rushing. Yeah. But I, no, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. So, so, uh, I, I just want to get to, uh, uh, Vera Miles, who, uh, reprised her role in cycle two. I thought that was just brilliant, uh, bringing her back and, uh, just with her and uh, Meg Tilly. Oh, by the way, I, I have to say, um, last night um, I was going through YouTube, doing a little research on Psycho, and I found that Meg Tilly has her own YouTube channel. And four days ago, literally four days ago, she did a live chat uh, screening of Psycho 2. So I had to watch wow. it. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, yeah, we we probably could have had her for a guest. Uh, she doesn't have many people like watching her, like her show, and but she's such a sweet woman. Um, but yeah. my only question would have been, what's it like to work with Robert Loja? Right, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> and what if she worked with Paul Sorvino? <laughs> I bet, I bet she's she did a legend. Yeah. Oh, I know, and he's a good tipper. Uh, so part four, ten percent, ten percent. Part four, yeah, is a very unusual beast. Not only the story, its structure itself, but the way it was released. For one thing, it came out. It was a TV movie for all intents and purposes. It was shown on for Showtime, Showtime. Yeah. right? But it, we're, I mean, it's still basically a TV movie shown on Showtime. Uh, it is the the kind of an odd idea behind it and that was that if you have not seen cycle four i don't necessarily recommend seeing it i didn't think it was all that effective although if you're a completist you will but the idea is there's a radio show where they have this expert on on killers who killed their mothers i think is what it was right yeah psycho kill you know yeah psycho killer yes it was they were Discussing matricide, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Leo and, Richmond. Right. Who was in the uh, first movie, um, the, the, the old guy uh, at, at the radio station, he was playing the character in the first movie of the doctor explaining at the end why um, Norm Bates was doing what he was doing. Oh, oh that's okay. the same actor or same no, character? No, same character. It wasn't the oh, same okay. actor. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't make that connection, but that's interesting that they did that. But this that guy, would have been a good trivia question. Yeah, oh, that would have been a good trivia question. Darn it! Uh, but of course, then it would have been spoiled. So yeah. thankfully, it wasn't. Um, but the, the, you know, the, that guy is probably the worst like therapist that you could have though in the world because he kept saying things to set Norman off. But anyway, it, he, there's a show, and he's being interviewed on this radio show about. Uh, people who've killed their mothers and they ask for people who've killed their mother to call into the radio show at the beginning. I'm like, who's going to do that? For one, if you did it, you're in jail. You're not calling the radio station probably. And, or 
you haven't been caught and you're not going to call the radio station. But of course, Norman calls and it is basically just a, a, a plot device to get us to look back at how it all started. And so we see Henry Thomas playing Norman Bates. Henry which, Thomas from uh, Elliot from E.T. Elliot from E.T. playing Norman Bates. And this is the first time that he would take, I believe, the first time he would take on a role that was iconic. What was the second time? Do, 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 uh, he's in no Suicide idea. Kings. He's in um, uh, All the Pretty Horses. He's in what? what this what, is a what? big one. It's a big iconic horror figure too. I'll give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Red Velvet. Now it would be Doctor Sleep. He played. Jack Nicholson's Jack Torrance character. Oh, Oh, shit. He was playing the bartender, but he was obviously supposed to be Jack Torrance. And then later he shows up with the Jack Torrance outfit. Uh, They actually, I believe they were trying to get Jack Nicholson for it, but Jack Nicholson's in semi-retirement. So uh, they had him do it instead. It would have been quite a reveal to have Jack Nicholson doing that, though. Semi-retirement just means they didn't offer him enough money. No, Probably. he's just, he yeah. is, he hasn't done a movie since the bucket list, so it's been quite some time. Has but, it been that long? Yeah, going out on a high note. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, uh, but it I just you know that I I like Henry Thomas. I thought he did a pretty good job as he as did a Norman. great job. I thought. I thought he did well, and Olivia Hussey playing Norman's mom. Oh, uh, biggest that? problem. <laughs> That's, I've been waiting to hear the name Olivia Hussey because I cannot stand that woman in this movie. She's kind of hot, Joe. She's kind of I, I, I will not disagree that at all. Made me she feel is, bad. She is gorgeous. However, her accent. Yes. Well, yeah. Why would they cast somebody with an outrageous accent like that when yeah. Norman's mother has been established with having no accent at all whatsoever in four films? Yeah, that's true. That was just dumb. They probably just cast her because they got Olivia Hussey <laughs> and they needed another name in it or something like that. What other movies has she been in? Was she played Juliet in Romeo and Juliet the night the the like massive success nineteen sixties Romeo and Juliet she played oh that, that was, was what, her yeah that's what she's really known for but she's she's been in a number of other things she was an ice cream man the uh, with Clint Howard yeah I don't remember her in that uh she played Nurse Wharton <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's been in a number of things but uh, I. I didn't. Yeah, I get what you're saying about the accent, accent, Joe. It didn't bother me that much, but but now that you've said it, it really bothers me. So thanks a lot for that. You what really bothered me was John Landis is in this movie. Yeah, I know. Man, I know. I used, to have, I used to have the most utmost respect for John Landis. Now he's I'm just got like, such nah, really. A, he's got such a big part in that. Actually, he doesn't say yeah. much, but he's in it a lot. And, and Nick Harris. Mick Garris loves putting directors in his yeah. films for some reason. Yeah. But John Landis was in there a lot. Well, I, you know, and I, I listened to Mick Garris's his podcast, by the way, is Postmortem with Mick Garris. Fantastic podcast filled with horror directors he has on. Every other, like, couple times a month, they think they have episodes. But uh, every 
other episode is Ask Mick Garris. It's like an AMA thing. They send in, people send in questions and he answers them. And he was talking about Psycho and he said that apparently he had a real struggle on Psycho with Anthony Perkins because Anthony Perkins really wanted to direct it and they wouldn't let him direct it. And so he really gave Mick Garris a hard time and then they kind of had a, a, a bit of a struggle. He tested him at every turn. They had a bit of a struggle, it sounds like. And Mick Garris wouldn't normally talk bad about anyone. So the fact that he was, it must have been pretty bad. Yeah, well, coming off of uh, Psycho 2, it's a little surprise that uh, Perkins would eventually embrace being Norman Bates, although returning for the far less successful uh, Psycho 3, uh, Universal didn't give Perkins his back end, even uh, though the movie made something like $90 million when the budget was $5 million. And so Perkins... Which one threaded, is this? This is, for, this is after uh, Psycho 2. So oh. going into uh, Psycho 3... Um, uh, the exec, uh, Perkins threatened to sue them for not getting the back end. And then what happened was that the big top executives said, if you sue us, you know, you're never going to work in Hollywood again. And Perkins has just laughed and said, yeah, until you need me again. And so, of course, when they came back um, to him for Psycho 3, his price for it was to direct a film. So, yeah, he probably has like a probably had a big uh, chip on his shoulder going into Psycho 4 when Mick Harris was uh, directing. So yeah. a little backstory on that. Yeah. That's probably why that happened. Well, we are getting close to the end, and so I do want to, and unless you guys had something else to say, I do want to go I, into our trivia. I, I did just want to have a shout-out to Hugh Gillen, uh, he, the guy that played Sheriff John Hunt in 2 and 3. Because, you know, yes, based, off of, based off of... Uh, uh, drive-in massacre. I love me some some chubby cops. Oh yeah, who don't do, who don't do very much in yeah, the town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this guy was the epitome of just well, you know, Norman's been a nice guy. I guess we'll just take him for his word. Know, and let him off people, the hook again. It's, he it's just like, wanted he just wanted it to Norman to succeed, man. He just yeah. wanted. I mean, he was yeah. sticking up for him. The guy had, for a young man. The guy had killed someone. And now Doesn't people matter. are coming in and saying, we think he killed someone else. And he's like, nah, what are the chances? No, what proof do you got? <laughs> well, he did it once. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, and, I just and, don't see that. I don't see that happening again. No. no and boy, can he eat a sandwich. Plus, I'm in my pajamas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I do, uh, again, the ending of part two, skip ahead like 30 seconds if you've not seen part two. But the ending of part two, I thought was fantastic. Uh, killing the old lady and oh, propping God, her yes. up in there. That was a great shot, too. It was very Hitchcockian shot above the the kitchen. I thought it was fantastic. Best shovel kill in cinema history, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. yeah. Just what a wallop. Yeah. It's great. Um, all right. Well, that does it for Psycho. God. But I have put together, unbeknownst to my fellow Cinescare people, a a trivia. Uh, now, when I mentioned this today that I had a trivia for them, Joe. Last night you Joe mentioned bit it. my head off. Was it last night? Yeah, Joe last bit my night. head off about it. What the hell? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> nobody said nobody said nothing about no trivia. Yeah. First time hearing of it. Yeah. Um, and, I, but, and I'm the worst at trivia. I'm well, that's why I did it because it's fun. And I don't um, want to be zero and three. 
the fun comes in you not being very good at this, Marcus. Okay, so and and me being completely unprepared. And yeah, because yeah, because yeah, that's the dagger in the side. Okay, this is, guys, uh, this one's not going to be that difficult. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I okay. promise you, this is not a deep dive. None of us are super psycho fans. It's not like Friday the Thirteenth with you or or Halloween with me. So um, it's not a conference game, right? But, okay, all yes. right, that's fine. Yeah. Now this one is. It's. I think it's going to be doable for you. Okay. All right. Joe, whatever music you've got on there for for psycho trivia. Uh, oh wait, I, if I win, if I if I win, uh, can you, Joe? Can you put in the music uh, the uh, Macho Man Savage uh, uh, intro if I win? No. Okay. Yeah, no. No. Uh, if he wins, Joe, do the saxophone song from uh, the Lost Boys, please, for him. Okay. Oh, that's cool. And, it, and if okay. I win, it will be the theme from I Dream of Jeannie. Ooh, <laughs> perfect. All right. Okay. So, here we are to Psycho Trivia on the podcast Cinescare, as Mark would say. Number one. Coming to you live from Belgium. Coming at you live <laughs> from Belgium. Number one. How many rooms are at the Bates Motel? Joe. Joe. Twelve. Twelve it is. Twelve it is. Oh, I twelve vacancies, twelve rooms. Uh, yep. Twelve angry right. men. Let me write this down. Mark, Joe. We would Joe have also time. accepted the we would have also accepted the answer a dozen. Well, yeah. Not a baker's dozen though, Joe. No. No. Who number two? Who killed Bates Motel Manager Toomey as a t- and Mark, as well Mark, as Mark, 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 Mark. Mark, go ahead. Um uh, Oh God! Uh, uh, at the end, uh, Mrs. Uh, I need a name. I need a name. Uh, oh God! Uh, pussy, 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 <laughs> Mrs. Pussy. Nope. <laughs> Joe, can you actually finish the question now so I can hear Who it? Who killed Bates Motel Manager Toomey, as well as a teenager in Psycho Two? Is that? Mrs. Spool? Yes. God damn Pussy Good Spool. Good job, Joe. Pussy? Pussy. I, I was thinking of Spool. I couldn't think of Spool. Is the Sopranos again? Yeah, don't uh, don't yeah, send yeah. him to uh, Joanne's to buy a spool of bread. <laughs> <laughs> the ladies, the ladies yeah. there are going to be a little can shocked. A, can I have a pussy of thread? Uh, do you, can I have mm. your full? Can I have your biggest pussy? Oh, Security. <laughs> oh, ADD is a Mark bitch. Gets hauled out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Number three. What is Norman's? <laughs> oh, I can't stop laughing about that now. Okay. <clears throat> what is Norman's favorite candy? Uh, Mark, 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 Mark. Okay, Mark. Candy corn. Yeah. <laughs> candy, candy Very canes, candy, candy corn, candy gram, candy corn. Number Sir. four. According to Norman, what animal does Marion eat like? Mark. Joe. Mark. A bird. Very good. But what kind of bird? <laughs> a pussy. <laughs> I a said, spotted pussy. I said pussy. I said pussy. Okay. You said pussy. <laughs> Mark, you can go back and listen. I promise yeah, you. It was I, said, I said pussy. Number five. He's he's trying to mark. He tried to change it now. Be, 
Okay, number five. What kind of melon was used to create the stabbing sound? Joe. Yes. Uh, Joe. Cantaloupe. No. Mark. Good. Watermelon? No. It's a cassava. Cassava. Number six. The score for Psycho consists entirely of which kind of instrument? Mark. Mark. Uh, violin. I knew it. I knew it. Which kind of instrument? Joe? Yes. Joe. Strings? Strings. That is correct. It was not just violins. There were also was, cellos. Uh, and, yeah. in cello. Cello. <laughs> Number seven. By the end of Psycho, what is Norman's confirmed body count? Mark. Mark. Two. Wrong. Joe. Yes. I'm going to say three. It is three. Oh, I got one up. Every single trivia Although I got one up. It might, you could also make an argument for four, right? Because didn't he poison his, his uh, mother mother and her lover, and then you got Marion, and then you've got the detective. Yeah, yeah but, but I never yeah, saw him yeah, poison yeah, yeah, the yeah, lover. Yeah, you never saw that. Yeah, that's true. I Well, confirmed. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so Joe, you get that. So it was three. Yeah. Wait, so, uh, so, so who was and it? And that's the end of trivia. <laughs> and we're done now. Number eight, Psycho was notorious for being... The first movie to show these three, three images. Name all three. All right. Do you guys know it? No, I, I give up. I, I, I uh, bath. Uh, sorry, toilet. Toilet flushing. Um, naked woman. No, nope. in the shower. It would be toilet flushing, shower murder, and woman in a bra and slip. Mm. Number nine, in his cameo for Psycho, Hitchcock wore, wore what kind of hat? Uh, Mark? Yes. Bolo hat? No. Uh, Joe? Yes. Top, ha- top hat? It was a cowboy hat. Number ten, the opening scenes oh, of Psycho God, are right. set in which city? Uh, Mark? Joe? Boy, I think it's Mark. Uh, that would be Phoenix, Arizona. Very good. I should want us to check the tape on that one. In Psycho 3, what's the profession of the first character to die? Mark. Yes. Oh, I jumped the gun. Um, the first character to die or first profession to die? First character to die. What was the profession of the first character to die? Oh, uh, she was a nun. Yes. <laughs> Number 12, what's the date at the beginning of Psycho? Mark. Yes. Uh, 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 Friday, December 11th? Yes. <laughs> Killing it. In which cemetery was Norman's mother supposed to be buried? No. What's the name of the cemetery? Oh. Any ideas? No. Uh, the Psycho Cemetery. <laughs> Green Lawn. <laughs> Green Lawn. In Jaws, what is the profession or hobby of the man Quint says will have a heart attack when he sees what I brung him? 
He was a fisherman. Uh, Joe. Joe. Tex, taxidermist. Yep. Oh, shit. Oh. I slipped that one in. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> you see what I brung him? Yeah. Because <laughs> yes. I slipped that one in because, of course, Norman yeah, is taxidermist. Taxidermi. Yes. Nice. Yeah. In, nice. In Actually, how- he just stuffs things. Right. Well, he is t- he's a taxidermist, yeah. right? Yeah, but I thought he said something about, he, you know, he just likes stuffing things. Oh, well, that's true. In Halloween, John Carpenter gave a character the same last name as a character in Psycho. What is that last name? That's not in my trivia. Say that again? In Halloween, the movie, John Carpenter gave a character the same last name as a character in Psycho. Which, what, which name was that? Joe. Yes. Joe. Joe Loomis. Yep. Shit. Come on now. Oh, Mark. Come on. Get better. What's number sixteen? What substance was used to simulate blood in the shower scene? Uh, Mark. Yes. Corn syrup. No. What? Joe. Yeah. Chocolate syrup. Yep. Chocolate syrup. How many questions are there? Twenty-one. Wow. Only at twenty-one if there's a tiebreaker. Uh, let's see. Who directed the remake of Psycho? Joe. Mark. Gus Van Sant. Joe beat me on I believe that? he did. We'll, we'll have to check the tape. Check the tape. What was Norman famously... What does Norman famously... Joe. Yes? We all go a little crazy sometimes. Damn it. Joe, Mark, would you like me to finish this up? Yes, please. What does Norman famously like to serve his guests for dinner? Sandwiches. And? Milk. Very good. (laughs) Guess 19. Guests of the original film would pay how much for a room at the Bates Motel? Joe. Yes. $20.50? No. Uh, Mark? Yeah. Uh, $10.50? No. It was $10. Oh, I almost said 10. 20. What was the name of the guitar? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Number 20. What was the name? Why are you laughing, Joe? I, no, I thought, never mind. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Number 20. What was the name of the guitar-playing, guitar date-raping drifter in Psycho 3? Mark, 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 Mark. Mark. What was, was the name or the actor? The name of the character. Oh, shit. The name of the he, actor is Jeff Faley, but uh, I don't. Even that's wrong. <laughs> what? It's Fahey. Fahey, and his character's name is Dwayne Duke. Yep, Duke. Oh, sorry, that was Joe's. And the bonus question. Oh, are we tied? This is, no. Oh. Uh, Joe has nine, Mark has six. This is good for five points. Yes! <laughs> That's no, that's not a tiebreaker. Uh, no, it's not a tiebreaker. But just for for kicks and giggles, which famous director played radio station manager Mike Calvecchio Joe, in Psycho Joe, Four? Yes, Joe. John, John Landis. John Landis. Joe wins ten to six. Wait, Did I thought I, really I was get in the ten lead. Right? Yeah, I thought I was in the lead because you're a loser. No, You've always been a loser. Wow. Ten to six. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't even watch these films. Yeah. 
Ah, oh, Mark. It's okay, Mark. I dream, I dream a genie. I dream, I dream a genie. I dream, I dream a genie. Now, can you do the little, the little? Uh, oh no, that's Bewitch. I like the little thing when she winks. At oh, that's Bewitch. That's Bewitch. Sorry. Yeah. Maybe I'll, more, I'll was, work that in. So, I'll work that in somewhere. I was more of a bewitched man myself. Yeah. All right. Well, people. We've done it again, and we are now fast approaching October, the Shocktober. Our first, the next episode will be released on October first, and we've already got our theme ready, and it's one that I got to pick, and it's one that I've been waiting for this moment to pick, and it is hauntings, or is it just haunted houses, or is it a ghost thing? Is it ghosts? I don't know. It's your call. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you kind of got to specify, because... Yeah, because could it be things that are just haunted? Because, like, Christine, the haunted yeah. Stephen car. King. Yeah. Well, that yeah. wasn't really... It was a possessed car, though. It wasn't really a haunted yeah, it was there possessed. a right? difference? Well, hauntings are ghosts, and possessions are demons, right? No. Okay. Wait, so but what's the topic? Haunt Hauntings. Hauntings. Yeah, how about haunting? Why, do, why don't we just do haunted houses? Okay, yeah, let's haunted do haunted houses. houses. All right, haunted houses. Yeah. Uh, there is a fine line because you, you could say that the conjuring is sort of a demonic thing too. Yeah. But but let's just say I'm going to say that's a haunted house film. It's and, like an Amityville horror. Uh, yeah, Amityville horror yeah, would be. Okay. A, Ooh, yeah. Amityville horror in 3D. Burnt, burnt offerings. Actually, I was looking on Shutter and The Haunting is on there. Uh, so uh, any of you guys out there who are listening to us next couple of weeks, watch a few haunted house movies yourself. So, um, and give, and give us some ideas. Yeah. Give us some ideas. Also want to remind people, please, please, please like us on, or, or give us five stars or four stars or whatever on Apple podcasts. Those things help out a lot. And as always go to www com and purchase our shirts and be on the lookout for any sales coming up too because we just had a big Labor Day sale where they were selling our t-shirts for like $15 each. I grabbed one myself. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I got the uh, bargain. Cinescare production one. Um, oh. Yeah. So anyway, I, I stri- highly suggest you go check out our shirts and our merchandise and it will also help to support your favorite podcast. We don't do Patreon and we don't charge for bonus episodes. All we ask is that you go and buy a little merch once in a while. Yeah. And the phone cases are fantastic too, by the way, I can vouch for that. So, all right, well, that'll be it for this time. And uh, next time we see you, it will officially, according to the calendar, be fall and it will be officially October. So, Joe, did you have something to say? <laughs> no, no, you, you, no, I don't. You kind of lean forward like you're you got something. Yeah, he's oh, okay. just grinning because nope. he won again. Yeah, he is. He's gloating right now. I've got I dream a genie going through my head right now. Perfect. All right, everybody, we will see you next time. Good night, everybody. Good night.
just so you know, um, I watched uh, the failed uh, co-pilot.